0: Today's program was brought to you by Roth, Wisconsin, makers of the world's best cheese and pioneers in the U.S. artisan cheese movement. For more information, visit RothCheese.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member supported food radio network, broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org.
1: Good evening and welcome to so Fun about, about It on org.
2: I'm Rachel Jacobs.
1: I'm Chris Kuzmi.
2: And Mary is here in spirit.
1: Yes, she's on a work visit to uh, somewhere in Jersey, somewhere over there. She crossed a river
2: and she's doing work <laughs> stuff. <laughs>
1: but I'm sure she's listening, of course, because she misses us dearly, almost as much as we miss her. We are a podcast on all things fermented uh weekly journey through all things fermented we cover all sorts of different topics and we are archived on
2: itunes stitcher, stitcher and <laughs> <Heritage Radio Network. laughs>
1: dot org. and
2: that's where mary can listen to us that's and right. all you guys out there too
1: <laughs> and if you really like it it's never too early to get started we're not going to dwell on it too much because we always have a season for it but if you really like heritage radio network uh please uh support the station uh at org and click that donate button um because uh, we survive of you, when um, we're all volunteering our time, but this this awesome network of people um, and shows, uh, including Feast Your Ears by Harry Rosenbaum, which is awesome. You hear that? Oh, I've, even, I've heard a little insane. bit about that this show. So good.
2: As a, as, could it be that we have a sort of a crossover for our season opener?
1: Maybe. That's our season opener. Welcome to 2017. Happy Happy New Year. Uh, we got a couple fun things happening here in New York City and abroad. Uh, we, we like Which we would like to uh, talk about right now First off, this Thursday, Kelly Taylor and I are doing the, the Trolley Tour 3.0 We're hitting the Bronx um, We get in an old 1950s trolley and we go to different breweries We're going to hit Chelsea Brewing Company, Gun Hill Brewing Company, Gun Hill Tavern And, and uh, Bronx Brewing Company uh, and we leave at 6 o'clock. You can go to KelsoBeer.com to find out more information about that and get tickets. I think there's just a couple left, um, 30 people. We have a giant bottle share on the trolley. It's pretty...
2: It's super worth it. it. <laughs> just just to ride on the trolley. It's kind Forget of insane. The beer. Yeah.
1: It's insane. Oh, and our company, of course, right, Rachel? Oh, yeah, of
2: oh, course. Yeah. yeah, see? Fabulous people, fabulous beer, fabulous trolley.
1: That's right. Speaking of fabulous people and fabulous beer, uh, my alma mater at the New York City Home Brewers Guild uh, is hosting its 11th annual uh, homebrew competition, AHA BJCP Sanctuary Competition, called Homebrew Alley. It's our 11th year in existence. We're going to hold it at Alewife. Um, and I encourage all of you homebrewers to enter the competition. You can go to homebrewalley.org com to enter and if you are a bjcp certified judge or would like to steward and help out you can also register to do so there at homebrewalley.com. alley.com um, if you just want to support your beer your homebrew and friends and you live in new york city <clears throat> you can go to uh you can come to the award ceremony which is going to be at alewife on uh february 11th so the competition is february 10th and 11th registration is open now to do that Later, uh, in late March, the National Homebrew Competition is going to take place. The first rounds, and we're hosting that this year at King's County Brewer's Collective. What? Uh, yeah, what? What? So we're drinking that right now. We have Robot Fish 3 in our hands here at Prevertis, and we're Still obsessed with them. Delightfully degusting their delicious libations. Degusting. <laughs> degusting. Degustation. Mm. Degust. It means to taste and savor appreciatively. Uh, anyway,
2: tell perfect. us more
1: about that. Oh, more about that. Well, registration goes uh, up. Uh, for that on january 30th to february 5th there's only a week worth of time where you can actually uh, register for the national homebrew competition um, and it is on those dates you mail after that um, and then we will be hosting it at kcbc for the first rounds uh, on march 24th and 25th and if you go to uh, the aha website uh, you can sign up for uh, stewarding and judging there as well uh, prior to that, uh, <laughs> later this month, or uh, to be, later, late February, we're doing our first ever New York City Fermentation uh, Festival, which we're very excited about. Actually, it's not really the first festival, but it's the first festival of its size and of its nature. For our friend uh, Zachary Schulman puts on Ferment Ferment every year, which is more like a fermentation potluck, mm-hmm. uh, and that's really awesome. And so I've got him and also our our. our our recurring guests, Cheryl Passwater, mm-hmm. uh, and the Ferment Ferment Group. And uh, we're going to benefit just food with this. But we've got a great team of people helping organize it. Um, it'll be a one-day afternoon festival from 11 in the morning till 3.30 in the afternoon bunch of homebrew clubs uh representing brunity will be there we'll have uh, mama O's kimchi Berry's Tempe. we'll have uh broken kitchen we'll have beer box company we'll have bitter and esters we'll have all sorts of stuff go to nyc fermentation festival.com to find out more information about that that will go very live tomorrow or look it up uh uh, on on the on the Google machine and the Facebook, you'll you'll find you'll find information on that.
2: That's going to be a really cool festival with all sorts of uh, fermentation vendors, classes, uh, just people to meet. Damn it's going straight. to be really
1: cool. Help help desk. It's it's all ages, so family friendly. We're going to have a, a mm-hmm. kimchi making station and a crowd kraut, kraut making station, and hopefully some science corners and some fun crafty kids stuff. Uh, so we're very excited about that.
3: Is it, may I, may I ask a question about it? Whose voice is that? Who is oh, that? hi. This is Harry. Harry. Oh, my Rosenblum. God. Your voice sounds so
1: familiar. It's almost like I'm listening to episode 145 from January 4th, 2016. a <laughs> Aceto Back to the Future Vinegar <laughs> with Harry Rosenblum.
2: Harry Rosenblum. Will <laughs> <Please> you <laughs> please introduce yourself?
1: Hi, I'm
3: Harry Rosenblum um, from the Brooklyn Kitchen. Man, all this applause. Yeah, it's really, the studio is full.
2: <laughs> uh, it's actually just those two people That's at the rain. table in front of the That's studio. The, They're yeah. really loud.
3: Yeah. Um, They've been waiting so, out here all day. <laughs> I'm also the host of Feast Your Ears here at HeritageRadioNetwork.org on Wednesdays. Um, so pleased to be back for my second uh, second time on. Femento that's right.
1: It. We had you. You were, I think, you were a, our first episode last year. Oh, so I think actually, true. you are you are starting this season yet yeah, again man. with us. That's great, uh, in uh, a different
3: capacity. So I was going to ask if the Fermentation Festival in February is going to be? It's going to be like
1: as if you listen to all of the episodes of Fermentation, right? <laughs> pretty
3: much, like all and, of them and the ones one we day. haven't
2: covered yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's right,
1: and it will be kind of around the same time as we do our 200th episode so we hope to do a lot sure. of uh, interviews on the floor and compile that to be our 200th episode and celebrate that. Are you? Um, is
3: there a current call for vendors
1: like are you absolutely oh, yes. there's absolutely so if you are a vendor and listening to this uh, you could email me at kuzmi at kuzme.com or nyc fermentation festival at gmail.com and I can give you all the information and specs if you would like to participate we'd love to have you uh, it's going to be a giant smorgasbord of, of fun and uh, we have a Lot of space. And the space came about because uh, the New York City Brewers Guild is putting on uh, the eighth annual uh, New York City Beer Week. It starts on Friday, February 24th, and goes till till uh, Sunday March 5th um and our opening bash gala is where it is going to be that evening in the same venue um, but we didn't want to do a two session festival so we we decided we were going to outsource the the daytime uh, festival to something else and I was like well I think a fermentation festival would be cool and and here we are so
2: and necessary and
1: necessary and uh, what a great lead up into the celebration that night Absolutely right. and you know one thing that kind of brought us to starting this show was celebrating the the crossovers of all of all things fermented and, and our perspective from it of both Mary and I being brewers first primarily. We're very excited about that. But Harry, welcome back to the show. Yeah. <laughs> We're really happy
3: to have you. It's always it, it's always fun to come into this studio. Even now this week I'll be here twice this week.
1: Twice this week. Yeah yeah it's, it's warm. It's warm in here. It's very cold in here. Um you uh, you have been doing your show for a year. Uh, yep. When we last had you on the show, we talked all things vinegar. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, you are in the process of writing your book and dealing with a lot of different recipes. What yes. uh, Give us a couple updates on So you know, my, my book
3: uh, is called Vinegar Revival. That was mm-hmm. the name. I don't remember if we had that title. Probably not. No, I don't you wanted to, to call there. it
2: just vinegar, yeah. and they weren't letting you do that. Yeah.
3: <laughs> So the book is titled Vinegar Revival, um, but I put my foot down when my editor, who maybe she's listening to this, when my editor said that that's the title they wanted, I said that we were then not allowed to have anybody with a mustache or suspenders or, <laughs> like, banjos or fiddles or anything on the cover. So luckily, none of those things are on the cover. Um, Chris, you have the copy I of the cover right there. Cover. So we just great. decided
1: on the cover. It's a bunch of people with mustaches and suspenders. I know, oh, wait, right? no, that's the, the, the back. That oh, so it's not on the cover. It's on the back of the book. I got you. Right. So, actually, when Joking. you open it, it's
3: like one of those uh, birthday cards that plays a song. You open it, and it plays bluegrass. Oh, awesome. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, we're looking at this cover. Keep it's a it really funky. beautiful photo of a spread of things that look like they're maybe pickled in vinegar. They are. There's some chilies. There's some pickles. There's some beets. Uh, some tomatoes.
3: Did you take these photos? I did not. Uh, the photos were taken by an in incredible photographer named Ed Anderson um, who flew all the way out to New York from California. I really appreciated that, uh, to take the photos and did an amazing job. The rest of the photos are just as just as stunning as the cover. And uh, yeah, the book comes out August 1st, so it will be available everywhere. I just today received back uh, this my sort of the second round of, of edits, so I received back a full printout of the entire book. This is sort of my last chance to make any fixes. Um, gotta remember to put Chris's name in
1: the thanks. Oh, come uh, on. Here. I feel you Actually, though, I think I, it's already in there. I kind of failed you, though. You gave me a recipe to help with the book, and I didn't. I got busy starting a brewery and stuff. And but see, that's what chance. what
3: what someone told me. I forget who told me this when I started working on the book. They said, if you're going to send out recipes to be tested by your friends, make sure you send the same recipe to at least three people. There you go. <laughs> oh, <yeah. I> care. <laughs> so... So did you get two for three on that one? Maybe. I think I, I forget which recipe I sent you, but, <laughs> but the recipes I mean, I think they all turned out delicious. Uh, you know, they definitely, the recipe testing phase was a lot of work, as anyone who's written a cookbook, I'm sure, would tell you. Um, but there was a lot of tweaking of the recipes, and of course, things that, you know, if you do, and I'm, you know, this is true, I'm sure the same thing is true in brewing. Like, if you have the recipe so clear in your head and it's something you make all the time, a lot of the recipes in the book are things that I make at home a lot. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, I had to sort of translate that to the page. And so remembering that like, you know, I don't know, just like little shortcuts that you happen to take that you have to list all that stuff out.
1: Yeah. What was the feedback from the from the recipe testers that, that uh that you did it? Were the, they Were they very engaged? And
3: they were. I mean, for the most part, you know, people were very engaged. They gave me really great tips. Um, There certainly were recipes where I had typed it up and forgotten like a key ingredient. You know, (laughs) like a recipe that like had garlic in the title that I'd forgotten to put garlic in the uh, list of ingredients. So you know, some some real big things. And then and then a lot of other things about just time of cooking. And one of the things too that you know you sort of have to think about is that it's it's nearly it's really hard to write a recipe and imagine what everyone's cooking conditions are going to be like. Mm -hmm. Some people's ovens run hot. Some people. Ovens don't. People have different kinds of pans, different size pans. You know, you have to be specific and vague at the same time. You know, you say a medium saucepan, but like, there's not really a definite. It's not like there's a. You know, I don't have a glossary that says medium means three quarts or whatever that is. And so, a lot of the things in the book either you know, I changed around based on people's feedback of saying, well, I didn't have this medium. I didn't have a medium saucepan. I just had a big pot, mm-hmm. and I did in a big pot, but I doubled the recipe to do for a party. And so I thought, oh, well, that's good. Maybe I'll put that in the book to make it bigger.
1: You've been running Brooklyn Kitchen, and you've been certainly well in tune with what's going on culinarily in the city and, and microcosm for, for the world. And your book is called a Vinegar Revival. So that our palates have certainly changed that way for sour beers and other things. Right. Are you are – you, I mean, it, it, this is celebrating – this and are our palate's sure. coming back to this or is it Absolutely. Kind of
3: I think that it is I mean I you know I have to say I was really you know I was hoping when New Year's came around that all the like lists of like the hot foods of 2017 would include things like vinegar didn't there's still time. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, maybe 2018, all of the big media outlets will pick up on how great vinegar is. But I think that, uh, I think we are having a return to it. And, and for me, you know, one of the things about that name is that vinegar used to be something, I think, that was far more prevalent for a lot of reasons. Preservation, not least among them. Right. Um, that, you know, making your food acidic before there was refrigeration um, was real important. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, they have been listing sour beer as uh, making a comeback, though. So maybe vinegar is the next step. Yeah. Uh, can you give us an example of some of the uh, interesting recipes that you have in your book?
3: Sure. Um, kind of Tease. So you know pickles are the obvious one. That's what's on the uh, on the cover. Everybody sort of when you think of vinegar and how you cook with it, I think uh, pickles are a real are you know the first thing that probably comes to most people's mind. Uh, I would say that uh, I have a recipe in the book for some cured there's a cured fish recipe there's a roast chicken recipe where you take the entire the whole chicken it's based off of uh, adobo um filipino dish but you instead of marinating chunks of chicken you marinate the whole chicken uh, overnight and then you roast it um so that one i think is one people might not think of vinegar pie it's one of my favorites vinegar, vinegar pie, pie. Yeah. so you basically it's a it's a custard based pie where vinegar is the flavoring in the custard and that is a actually an old sort of colonial um era recipe when in the middle of winter there was no fruit left and people wanted to flavor a pie they would use apple cider vinegar that's awesome that's really interesting sounds fantastic yeah
2: yeah uh so you guys can actually uh, pre-order the book on amazon.com kindle and hardcover yeah Awesome. Yeah, definitely. That's vinegar revival. Uh, But uh, Harry, you are not here alone. Uh, Who else do we have in the studio today?
1: Daily Crafton. How you doing, Daily Crafton? I'm pretty well.
4: <laughs> Thanks, Chris.
1: Uh, I'm really excited to finally have you on the show. We've been talking about this for a year. I stopped working at Beer Street about a year ago. I yeah. uh, just got too busy with stuff. But I met you through bartending at Beer Street. You live around the block from there. And, right. Uh, as an avid beer fan. If you are an avid beer fan in New York City, you should go to Beer Street because it's pretty awesome.
4: It was like a celebrity sighting for me, too. What? I walked in. I was like, it's Chris Coosney. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Did you no, listen He's, he's like, not, he's
1: not he's lying. lying. He, I
4: remember
3: <laughs> when Daly said to me, when your name came up, Chris, somehow he's like, oh, man, Jesus do you know that guy and i was like he was like i just saw him at beer street i'm so it's,
1: it's this radio it's this face for radio i tell you i That's did the same thing
4: to an artist i like named dan funderberg and he's not like so popular but he lives in the neighborhood and i'd been following his work for a while and i met him at the park one day he was there with his kid
1: were you stalking him? You <laughs> no <he> looked like <laughs> we, we just
4: internet? we were both there oh, together no. and i was like you're dan funderberg and he was like you're weird
1: well, I'm honored so that you would have, have that reaction. Same reaction to Chris Kuznick. But I, I have to say, I, it's a blessing for me to know you because you've inspired me in, in a number of occasions from from your brewing techniques and from our conversations over the bar and from the beers that you have brought me through that. And just as far as brewing techniques and just excitement about uh, some of the funkier sides of life that uh, I did not embrace as a youthful home brewer <laughs> so much. And I love that you are. And, uh, you know, you you. It's harder to control, but it's. <laughs> we're, let's get all into that after a really quick break because it's we're gonna get we're gonna dive down that hole and get deep up in it, um, super, and, uh, and talk about the things going on. Thanks for listening to Foment about it. We'll be right back on the Daily Show with Harry Rosenberg. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Have you tasted the world's best cheese? Grand Cru Souchois is the 2016 World Cheese Champion. Our partners at Roth, Wisconsin, make this gorgeous alpine-style cheese in the rolling hills of Green County, Wisconsin. Grand Cru Souchois is produced by hand in Swiss copper vats and finished by aging on spruce planks. The quality milk and careful craftsmanship bring out the award-winning light floral notes, nutty undertones, a hint of fruitiness, and a mellow finish. Perfect with Riesling and Muscat, Grand Cru Circois is a guaranteed hit for any occasion. Check out their other offerings at RothCheese.com. You'll discover Buttermilk Blue and their newest release, Prairie Sunset, the golden-hued love child of Mimolette and Gouda. You'll also find recipes like the Raclette Reuben and Tomato Tartlets. Everything you need to know about the world's best cheese is at RothCheese.com.
1: Welcome back to Men About It on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. This is our first episode of the 2017 uh, Winter Series. Winter, winter Spring. Winter Season. Winter Spring uh, Season.
2: Spring and is uh, we wish, we wish.
1: <laughs> yeah, spring sounds it really snowed nice here right?
2: a couple of days ago in Brooklyn. It's just been really bad.
1: It's roughly 11 degrees outside, uh, but we're inside some warm, cozy, evergreen shipping containers with Daily Crafton and Harry Rosenblum. Um, we were just getting into all about daily crafting. First of all, before we talk about the beer stuff, who are you? What do you do? Uh, what's your life outside of beer?
4: Well, my name is daily crafting, but who I am is much, much deeper. Does it that. change daily? <laughs> it does actually hey. as with all of us. That's how it <laughs> works. Um, point. I am currently, uh, self-employed as a graphic designer. My wife, Cindy and I run a studio called lockstep studio. We, like to focus on craft breweries to do their packaging and branding and whatnot, because that's a lot of fun.
1: You realize this all just ties in because I'm trying to plug the New York City Brewers Guild and that's New right. York City Beer Week again, right? I've,
4: I've done <laughs> a little bit of uh, design for the, the Guild and, and helping pump up Beer Week. Thank cause you. Not only do I love graphic design, I love to do it for things that I believe in and I think that are worth it. So the, oh, yeah. uh, the Guild is one of those things. So, um, yeah, was doing that, and I have two children named Chloe and Jude. They might be listening, so I was giving them a shout-out. Hey, out. Chloe hey Jude. <laughs> and Jude. Drink beer when you're older. <laughs> Do what?
2: Drink beer when you're older.
4: They, yeah, we'll Clean see.
1: kegs
3: until you are. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> um
4: carboys. Oh, Jude had his first kegger last night for his birthday party, but it was cream soda.
1: Oh, nice. It was a rager. It was <laughs> a rager. Oh, man. Nothing um, like a good sugar high on cream soda. <laughs> That's right.
4: See? Let's see, what else? Yeah, designer mostly to, you so, know, pay so, the bills. Oh, and yeah. and
1: and that's lockstepstudio.com? Yes, lockstep.
4: lockstep, like, you know, soldiers marching in lockstep. Like lockstep. Right. I and when did you start
1: homebrewing?
4: I guess it must have been about four years ago now.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
4: a couple of friends, Michelle and Dana, gave me a kit to... Um, to uh, they, I'd been talking about beer and drinking beer for a while, and then I started talking about... Uh, maybe one day I'll make some beer and then they gave me a kit for Christmas and I made it and I fell in love with it, just kept going.
1: What kind of beer was your first beer that you made?
4: It was a, it was a farmhouse ale, believe it or not. <laughs> not.
1: Appropriate. It was a farmhouse ale. So did you so you started with a farmhouse ale? Did you did you go to what what was your journey from there? Did you do you stay in farmhouse ale's? Did you go do a straight
4: I I porter
1: stout ale just ale ale yeah I've done a few didn't of those things like, did that bore you
4: no it, I wouldn't <laughs> say it bored me I enjoyed it and I and I was doing that for a while and I didn't it never occurred to me that there was just yeast around
1: yeah this, <laughs> here we go this is what I'm talking about
4: <laughs> on plants and like uh-huh. on the fruit and everything outside and I don't remember even where I came across it you know i just read about wild yeast and it was like around on fruit and i was like you it's just there you mean you can just have it
1: <laughs> it's you free to buy it in a vial. uh
4: it you was drain it. it it was like officially it was the bootleg by bi- uh bootleg biology's backyard yeast wrangling kit
1: yeah jeff Mello, uh he's been a, he's,
4: he's been, been a, on
2: episode 82 82 and, yeast wrangler. and what he's doing
1: is great and and, mm-hmm. and uh
4: so he's an he's another one I, I met him at AAJ this year and I, I again I freaked out like he was a celebrity I was like you're Jeff Mello mm-hmm. he's not a celebrity but he's yeah <laughs> oh, he
1: totally is dude <laughs> he's, really cool he's doing really great things for for us in beer especially those of us that want to taste our place to borrow a <laughs> to borrow Johnny to our Compton's slogan from uh, <laughs> Highway Manor but uh,
4: he's yeah he got me
1: he's he spawned
4: all of that inside of me and so more or less from when I got that my. That bootleg biology kit It's just been wild yeast And you know
1: Some of it tastes good Some of it's really weird So tell us about uh, <laughs> Tell us about the first time You did that And some of the stuff I mean you brought in An apple that was going crazy To Beer Street With me once
4: Yes That actually <laughs> And this is uh, something I have Harry to thank for teaching me That actually it, it, it Eventually went over Into vinegar Okay Because I had picked The apple up Off the ground And made a starter with it And Harry explained to me That probably once it was on the ground it was already so far fermented that acetobacter had come over and started getting the alcohol uh, so it's best to try to do fruit that's on trees or still on the plant because there's yeast on it but it hasn't fermented and broken down so much so that the acetobacter is present if you're trying to make beer if you're trying to make vinegar go ahead and get it off the ground yep, whatever
1: <laughs> you want <laughs> when so you also you've taken a log you you've, you've yes. got a log was that a log that came was it was that on the branch did you cut that off? That was on the ground, too,
4: but it never presented Acetobacter. Because it never had alcohol in it. Because right. Because it
3: never had sugar. Right. right? So the right, problem right. with the fruit is that the wild yeast will ferment the juice on the fruit as it rots, creating ethanol, which then when the Acetobacter land, they're like, hell yeah, this, this is it. awesome. I love this. Yeah. So if the Acetobacter land on the log, they're like, you got nothing for me. <laughs> nothing.
4: But I did pick it up out of Cooper Park, and the reason I, I picked it up... T- as firewood when i was picking it up i was going to burn it in a fire and then it looked really beautiful so i decided to keep it and i thought maybe i'd lacquer it or something mm-hmm. but the further i got into spontaneous and wild fermentation i you know you right read about back in olden times the families had their magic paddle that yeah. they would stir their wart with and they thought it was magical but really it was just yeast living in the paddle and i was like maybe there's yeast living in my log i was like well it's worth a it's worth i'll ruin one batch to find out so I brewed up a five-gallon batch and just put the log in it, and it fermented up as textbook as you please. At least, you know, it tastes wild and funky, like you could expect wild yeast to do. But, like, the Kraus in his textbook, and you just, like, smell the CO2 ripping off of there. And um, and so now, like, the more I've done it, the more I guess probably the Saccharomyces and the Brettanomyces to a lesser degree, has been cultured. So
1: when you say the more you've done it, have you been... Uh Taking the bracking the beer off and using that that initial starter, or are you using the stick the the log again and again and again? Both. Both. Yeah, I've used. And do you leave the log in while it's fermenting?
4: Yeah, until the krausen falls, and then I put it to secondary. Because mm-hmm. I figured by that time enough yeast has swam out into the <laughs> into the wart <laughs> to not need the log anymore.
1: And then let's go back also to so you say when it, it tastes funky as you would, you'd expect, mm-hmm. but there are a lot a lot of a lot of variants of funky. Like uh, when you go to Acetobacter that's a certain funky right. that kind of works in certain areas, but not but uh, not all.
4: If if I just do, I can do it for like three or four weeks, and it will be estuary and phenolic. And then if I let it go for, like, I did one that, and I have one here you can sample in a minute, I let it go for several months, plus there was honey in it, so there was a little brett food in there, Mm -hmm. and it got, you know, like, brett weird, Uh, and there was a really thick pellicle on it. Like, I could see the sack arch up and then kind of fall off, and then I saw the brett arch up, and that batch actually had a lot of butyric acid in it at first,
1: you let it let it ride let i was about ride. to ask about i was about to ask about that curve maybe yeah. maybe for that so uh
4: yeah you let that and i learned all that from i will give another shout out to justin wilson yeah man who, who i get a lot of <laughs> pro tips from doing wild and funky stuff
1: justin is great we've been planning on having him on the show for a while but yeah. uh, we, we, now that he has a new job maybe you'll be able to yeah get, but
4: he can talk a lot justin more science than i can too
1: <laughs> great yep um so you and harry how do you guys know each other
3: Um, I think initially we know each other because uh, Daly came in and bought homebrew stuff from the Brooklyn kitchen and then our kids... 100 Frost Street? 100 Frost Street, (laughs) Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Uh, If you drive on the BQE, we have a giant sign that says, eat real food. So many people have probably seen that but don't know that we're underneath that sign. Mm -hmm. Um, Like so many things on the highway, right? I mean, I feel like you drive on the BQE and you see signs and you have no idea. Like, You just know the sign. You don't know what's actually there.